Jess might want to tell the people who already know later, like not in the voice, not during the podcast, he might want to uh, message what he had yeah, thought yeah, about. It's, not, it's definitely not that. safe spoiler wise, but Jeff, while we were watching it, had quite the realization. One of Lust's taunts to somebody is heavy. Can you say the taunt? Her last line. Yeah, when she talks about how uh, she can't. Oh, okay. I know exactly what it is. What does she say? Yeah. Just to... No, no, no. We're not going to tell. Don't tell Mike. Don't tell Mike. We, can't. we it's a, can't. It's like a slippery slope. Well, can I can I just go back and, and watch and watch what she says? No. Well, no, you're forbidden. <laughs> no. You're banned. <laughs> you're forbidden from watching this episode. She says, Mike's right. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is right about everything. Impressive! It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts! Hello everyone and welcome to our show, where free writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And today we have two very special guests. They are the names, the faces, the people behind the ever-popular YouTube channel Mother's Basement. Please welcome to the show, Jeff and Yazzie. How are you guys doing? Woo! Yay! Yay! <laughs> it's us, us cheering for us. Woo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're good. We're very, very, very. We we bring our own live studio audience. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Gotta get the cats in here, anyhow. Nowadays, that's a that's a boon, you know. Oh, there's room. <laughs> or or possibly a crime, depending on where you live. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> true. We always get started by asking our guests a question, which is, "How did you start watching Full Metal Alchemist?" Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I want to go first if that's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, go that's ahead. okay, because I have a much longer history with FMA than Jeff does. I, I picked it up on LiveJournal, of all places. I was, like, just scrolling around LiveJournal. I started watching it towards the first one ending. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I got into it, and I caught up all at once, and I picked up the manga from there, and as soon as I realized that it was totally different, I was like, oh, shit, wait, maybe this is actually a little bit good. Because um, I had kind of fallen <laughs> off at the end. Uh, and then I just went full speed in from there. So, I yeah. Um, as for me, I was in an anime club at a local library when I was a teenager. And the DVDs had just started coming out for Fullmetal Alchemist. Mm -hmm. So they... Um, the they, original? Yeah, yeah, the original series. So they played it there. Um, and I liked it. It started airing on YTV, which is Canada's sort of equivalent of Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. I started following it on there, got really into it, sort of fell off of liking it with the uh, ending and the movie. Um, and I didn't get back into it for like a couple of years until Brotherhood started. And I was like, oh, well, I may as well check this version out. And it became one of my favorite anime of all time. Yeah, I had the unique joy of reading the manga while I was watching Brotherhood. That's great. Didn't they like finish it like the manga a month before? It, it was really close. Yeah, yeah. it was really <laughs> close. I don't know if it was that close, but it was really close. So the way we get things started in the show is we have a segment where we do an improvised 21 second recap of what just happened in the episode we just watched. And whoever does it is decided by the roll of the dice. If it lands on one, it'll be me. If it lands on two, it'll be Arthur. If it lands on three, it'll be Mike. If it lands on four, it'll be Jeff. Let's roll the dice. Don't worry, it always lands on Michelle anyway. It's free, Mike, so- Oh, come you on. Just... <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. Okay. All right, Mike. Oh, this is gonna be so easy. I'm ready. Three. Two, one, go. All right, so the, the, you know, there's a homunculus and he's in the tower and he's got, and, and he's, you know, he's the one, the, the, the hungry one, the, 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 the fat one, the, the one named, you know, shit. All right, so anyway, they try to kill him. They can't kill him. 
and it's like, oh my god, you know, oh no, that's yeah, you know, <laughs> you know Colonel Mustang. He's like shoots him out of the to- tower with fire, but he's fine because he's a homunculus, and they're like, he's a homunculus man. And then like later on, you know, they have to like go find, you know. We stopped like 20 oh, seconds. Nice. Wow. Like well past 21 seconds. I, I think we got to 21 seconds around the time that you Yeah, yeah. I was I started I, the uh yeah. recap. So look, there's just like a crazy battle, okay? And then they burn her, they burn lust, you know, but she's fine. And then she like kills Havoc, or does she? Maybe, you know, probably. And then later on it's like, oh man, and then he gets her and she's dead. And it's and then and then we go back to Ed. And uh, Ed is, uh, he's like, oh my gosh, dad, you know, Van Hohenheim. Oh, daddy, you, know, I, you know, if I haven't seen my dad in a long time, I'm probably not like Tom, you know, like I'm probably like dad, but you know, they have a complicated relationship. So, yeah. Well, okay. Yay. Mike's done. Okay. That was an incredible 21 seconds. Very good. Very All impressive. Right. Very impressive. Uh, not going to lie, Mike, uh, you did a very bad job. Yeah, I feel that. I, <laughs> I feel that's true. Sorry, I, I I got a little. I've had some coffee, and I, I couldn't remember the word for gluttony. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Good effort, and we love you. But yes. you did a bad job. <laughs> uh, the important thing is that I'm accepted. <laughs> so this episode is stacked, though. There's like yes. so much happening yeah. in it. Yeah. It's hard to even describe really quickly all the things that happened, you might say. You can try to make <laughs> yourself that hard. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead and say that, sure. Just, <laughs> and like the quality is incredible through the entire oh, it's thing. So yeah. too. Beautiful. There's not like a single down moment. They really upped the animation scheduling for this one to make it as gorgeous as they possibly could. Because yeah. it's a really important moment in the story. It's like one of the biggest turning points yeah. so far. Yeah. Right. Like it goes from there's nothing we can do about these homunculus fuckers to oh maybe we could do something about these homunculus. You, you just gotta yeah. pan serum. We finally fight back this episode and in the best way possible. It's so good. It's very triumphant, but the way Lust's death happens in a show is terrifying to a certain degree could you say it's terrifying to a very high degree like a hot degree yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry oh. it's very cruel and cold-hearted the way mustang kills her and we talked about how the big theme with the show is humanity and hanging on to your humanity or losing your humanity mm-hmm. and i think mustang kind of has to stoop to that the uh, homunculus level of cruelty in order to uh destroy them he's like pushed to that point in this one it's really well justified that he would go that far because uh she's just killed one of his best friends in the world and so just, he thinks and just put the other most important person to him in extreme danger too. yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah right. so it's it's do or die time and he does Boy, does he. <laughs> I mean, they keep making him, you know, does this remind you of, of Yeah, Ishbala, trying to PTSD you know? him and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like, this is a man who, who fought in war, and this is the first time he's killing someone who's, like, objectively evil. What I love also is how Mustang tries to kill Lust in, like, three different ways this episode. Mm-hmm. And the first two fail. and But the first two are also... You watch them and they're very good ideas. Like, oh, he's separating the water into hydrogen and oxygen and igniting it. Or he's ripping the stone out of her. Like, that has to work. And 
That, nope. that, <laughs> that is nope. one of my favorite like gotcha moments in anime when he's just yes. like, all right, I'm just gonna yeah. transmute. You were saying, oh God. On that, but actually <laughs> that animation of her rebuilding herself. That's horrifying. Yeah. So oh, terrifyingly so cool. That one liner that she has, just like, you gotta at least buy a girl dinner first before sticking <laughs> your hand in her chest. Like, yeah, the one-liners so in this good. episode are so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye screaming, you bitch! That's also one of my favorite moments in the entire series, to be honest, is Hawkeye expressing that emotion for mm-hmm. the first time. I am a big fan of Hawkeye and Mustang in general as characters and the relationship that they have together. To see her, who is like always cool and always collected, completely lose it and show so much emotion was just really like kind of a powerful expression of how much she cares about him. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time she's ever really, really expressed how much she cares about him. And uh, it just really hit me and and how well they animated her facial expressions too. Where it's just my heart. It really hurts. good. Yeah. It's a great moment. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. really keyed into that their relationship goes a lot deeper than what we've seen so mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. This is the first episode that for me, I felt I really understand, really do understand why his people are so loyal to him. Why Hawkeye yeah. is so loyal. Why every, cause, I mean, like even at the his last line, they're like, well, we should get a, a doctor or something. And he's like, yes, for havoc, you know? Yeah. <laughs> even yeah. though he's lying on the ground, <laughs> you know? Like, even though he had like an open wound in his kidney and he's just like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm going to cauterize it with my own yeah. alchemy. <laughs> and immediately like runs out as soon as his organs have stopped falling out of him. To, yes. to save his best lieutenant. He's like the Rob Stark, you know, of, of the show. You know what I mean? He's, he, you love him, you know? He loves his people. It's so clear why they, they're so beholden to him. I cauterized the wound closed, and I grew abs. <laughs> Transmutation circle into my hand. Jeff and I, or I was joking to Jeff earlier, uh, when you look at the, the transmutation circle on his hand, he like very cleanly cut it. So I was joking earlier that he's just like, I can just see him sitting there slowly cutting out that little salamander, <laughs> making sure it's perfect and being like, yes, that's cute enough. Good job. Cause it's like a really cute yeah, yeah, salamander. Right. It's like the line's okay, but he like really, really went for that salamander. Well, he screws up halfway through and has to start over. Gotta start hand. again. Like, oh, sh- oh. <laughs> now all I can do is transmute bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> this shows the best side of Roy. I think a little bit to the detriment of the other characters, particularly Havoc. Watching this episode, I thought his whole thing with Lust as his girlfriend, it kind of showed up once and then didn't really play out. I would have loved a mm-hmm. date episode, like just one date. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. I do think that this does do one good thing for Gene Havoc's character, which is like he very clearly thinks with his dick. Yes, that's like yes. that's that's a very key part of his character. King fuckboy, like yeah, but and and like the homunculi clearly identified that and sent lust to spy on them, right? Yes. But the thing is, he doesn't give her any information. Like he's actually like legitimately very good at his job, yeah. and I think in that regard, he does not overtly screw anybody over in his uh, efforts to get overtly screwed yeah (laughs) it's a very fun subversion i wanted to talk a little bit about al in this episode because al's role in this episode is very very cool i like how he joins their posse he's like you in on this yep get it yeah yeah (laughs) yeah honestly though that's one of the first time the elrics really like 
start connecting with Roy Mustang too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, On like an equal level, not yeah. a... There's like an antagonistic relationship between them at that point that is like exacerbated by the fake out. The Lieutenant Ross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it all culminates in that great moment for Al. Ever since they found out he's died, he's been like, I won't let anyone else die. Mm -hmm. No mm -hmm. matter what. That was my favorite moment of the episode. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's great. It's it's really an evolution for his character. It feels like he grew up 10 years suddenly. Mm-hmm. You know, they use Barry really well in this episode to sort of show where Al could go if he was just, you know, obsessed with his own body and just sort of gave in to being selfish as opposed to being the protector figure that he becomes. Mm -hmm. The way that Lust shreds up Barry, um, that must have been like a real eye opener for Al because like <laughs> up to this point, he's kind of been... Not invincible by any stretch, but he's been in less danger than anybody else in yeah. the room. Yeah. Um, right. he's... And like sh she just immediately like shreds his armor, puts that intimidation right on him. It's just a good moment for him all around. <laughs> we now have a new thing to worry about with Al uh, starting yeah. this episode. And that's that there is a kind of a ticking clock, it seems, mm -hmm. of his soul possibly yeah, rejecting think his about body. Think he's never thought about before. <laughs> yeah. Right. They really throw his mortality up in his face. Yeah. Also the episode where an immortal character dies. Yeah. Yes. There's also like that really important through line of Ling's like quest, how he's like asking Al, he's like, you gotta tell me the secret of your immortality. And, and then Al like immediately goes off and is like, oh, I could die at any moment. Not immortal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Technically I'm not immortal. Like, my favorite moment is definitely the like climax where Roy is just burning through lust over and over again. And she's like swallowed up by the flames. And then she just fucking comes back out of them right at the camera. Um, and like that, that like final flash fire freeze frame where her nail is like an inch from oh, his brain. The ultimate and, wallpaper. and he's just like staring her down. And then it just like, crumbles to ash that moment is is one of the most beautiful pieces of animation in anime history period this is such a crowning moment of badass yeah for for mustang <laughs> it is yeah, so it, like, so cool. much led up to that and it's just like a hard stop suddenly yeah like so much led up to it and then it's just like over can i add something to that i'm not saying it's not badass but i think it's very very interesting and it says a lot about what this show's intentions are what the story's intentions are that this is objectively a victory for our characters yeah but it is this moment of like cruelty oh yeah he's mm -hmm. listened to people scream like that before like he actively reminds us he's like yeah i know what human corpses burning sm smells like she's dead yeah whoops <laughs> yikes there's a tragedy in it she told us she was human, you know? There is, like, a humanity in her that comes through in this episode. Yazzie noticed it while we were watching. Yeah. Um, she just has some looks. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, when, when the guys are arguing back and forth, she has a moment where she looks at them, and she just kind of sighs and smiles about how, like, funny, stupid they are. Like, they're absolute mm. idiots, and she finds how absolutely stupid they are kind of funny for a second. Mm -hmm. She just, mm -hmm. like, takes a second to be like, Wow. <laughs> Before she kills them. <laughs> we talked a lot about Raph a couple episodes back and about how obvious and how logical it is that King Bradley is Raph because he has this 
image of complete and total peace, but inside he's burning. I don't feel that with lust. She's a calculating lust, though. You know what I mean? She's a very none of these emotions are on the surface, you know, or mm. or, or these these except for except, actually except for what's his name? Except for Mr. Hungry. Gluttony. Thank you. I can't re- Mike, Sorry, I just don't use that word very often. <laughs> gluttony, gluttony. Yeah. He's on the surface, but most people like greed was not all about getting things. He was all about having a clubhouse, you know, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. lust is a calculating lust, a lust that's trying to use her charms to get what she really wants to get real goals done. Mm -hmm. And and I think I was actually going to say something that I'm remembering from uh, one of your videos, Jeff, which is that the way they kind of do lust is she takes pleasure in everything she does. Yes. She takes pleasure in that cruelty. Yeah, I mean, she even enjoys dying. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like does, they, actually, yeah. Her skeleton makes an O-face as it evaporates. <laughs> but you know, her dying, it reminded me a lot of greed dying. There's like a fatalistic way that they approach death that is very similar. Like, well, right. okay. <laughs> I do love the last thing she says is basically like, you're... <sighs> just abs (laughs) same though lust same that shot of when roy comes in it's like it's like just as well done and just as fan servicey as lust's boobs are the entire episode (laughs) we love equal opportunity fan service Yep. Yeah. Same episode and everything. Same quality too. That's the thing. Yeah. They're they're very chiseled and yes, defined. They are. Before I have a question that we've been bringing it up several times since episode fifteen. Netflix calls this the second season, but there's no break in between episode fourteen and fifteen. There's no season break. I mean, I know that there are anime where they do a season and then they come back a year later for a second season. When you have an anime that's 64 episodes, one after the other, is there a division in seasons in production or is it just... This This was an undivided production. It was it was produced beginning to end every week uh, mm. by Bones. Um, so what they're calling seasons on Netflix are referred to as cores, C-O-U-R-S. It's kind of a distinction. That's what they refer to as like 13 episode seasonal block. Every year is divided into four cores and FMA Brotherhood was a five core series but yeah there was no production split or anything like that they were running this thing through for over a year straight just making it as the episodes came out it was incredible since we we're talking about this i have some curiosity questions in comparison to how our tv season works where there's an order for a pilot and if the pilot gets approved it turns into a season and then it gets renewed is that how anime works as well not really there will be pilots sometimes i mean Obviously, going through and making an entire pilot episode of an anime is a lot more work than making a pilot episode of a of a live action TV show. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there'll be a previous thing. Generally, they know what they're going to pick up because most things are adaptations. They know that somebody's going to make something out of basically every single Shonen Jump property. Uh, it's kind of hard to renew something that's unexpectedly popular because the way things are are laid out. Most anime studios are currently booked through to like the end of like 2023 or 2024 with future projects. So a breakout show could come five years later. Yeah. um, I mean, that that happened with Attack on Titan. Oh, yeah. Like Attack on Titan just was a smash hit. 
it like completely hmm. blew everybody's expectations out of the water and it took them years to come out with a season two. Um, and it kind of had to like fight to regain relevance uh, against a less popular show, Sword Art Online, that came out the same year. Attack on Titan is more popular again now because they were able to renew seasons after they brought it back. Yeah, that period of getting it back in there was rough. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they, so they I should go back because they, they lost me, honestly, with just waiting for season two. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. But yeah, that's what happened is they, yeah. didn't, they weren't expecting, I guess, or they weren't ready for that. And mm -hmm. so that happens quite frequently. And most of the time, you know, you just never get that additional sequel series. If an anime has a sequel announced at its ending, um, then that means that that deal was inked probably partway through pre-production for the first season. They can cancel things. Like, it, things get canceled if they underperform. But yeah, it usually takes a while for a uh, popular anime to get a sequel if it's going to get one, and that wasn't planned for in advance. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, we've been guessing, you know. Mike! Yeah, speaking of guessing. Yeah, speaking of guessing, <laughs> you know what time it is. I sure do. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, Mikey at the Bat. This is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in the next episode using only the title and the thumbnail of the next episode. The title of the next episode is Father Before the Grave. Okay. Could so you describe the thumbnail for us? Absolutely. It's a picture of Van Hohenheim with great hair. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, there's like a little corner of trees in there and there's blue sky and clouds. And ultimately, the first thing that comes to mind is when I see Father Before the Grave, Jeff and Yazzie, you know, these, these guys, these gentlemen have not been straight with me. When I ask, is Father Van Hohenheim? They have the same haircut. They won't we tell me. We can't tell you, <laughs> tell you Mike. It's, 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 they won't tell me. And I feel like dumb. I feel like obviously he's the same guy, right? <laughs> like now, no I, Crickets, now I know crickets. he is. So Ed goes home and he sees his dad and he's like, oh, dad, I saw you're standing right before mom's grave. It's going to be a story about, yes, son, I'm really sorry that your mom worked herself to death taking care of you while I was away, but I had to go, you know, and this is why, you know, I had to make a philosopher's stone. And in the process of doing that, I traded my humanity and everything that is special and good about me and created these homunculuses, connections in Xerxes. And, I, and maybe I'm responsible for that in some way. And maybe I'm responsible for the end of the world. And I, all right, I've got to go. And then at the end of the episode, Ed goes back and reunites with Al. That's my guess. What a guess. What a guess. <laughs> that sure is a guess. You will only know next week. And I'll be right again. Because as because what was my prediction for this week? Uh, your prediction for this week was that Lust was going to die. But, wow. but don't count your winnings yet. Because you also said Havoc was going to step in and stop it. <laughs> Havoc stepping. Yeah. Well, he did step in, you know. He stepped in it all right, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all I got. Now it's time for us to grade this episode. That is to give it a grade between one and five stars. I'm going to get started with a five-star grade, of course. This episode was great. Uh, my complaints were minimal, exciting. It was tense that he had a lot for us to unpack. So that's why I'm going to give it a five. I mean, come on, you know? Five, of course. It's, it's so good. It's so cool. Every moment is incredible. It's There's so much time and effort put into this episode and I love it 
and it's badass and abs and boobs <laughs> and it's great. Uh, also five for me, this is a great episode. You know, like I was drinking a glass of wine and when I started watching it and halfway through the episode, I, w I was like, oh, I must have drank my entire glass of wine. And I found that the episode had refilled my glass. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good it was. That's how okay. good it was. If I could give it six, I would, honestly. Um, like, actually, it is it is my favorite episode until a future episode with Kimberly at the wall. Mm -hmm. um, to, to, I know which just, one that is. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. If I could give it six fat stars, I would. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I would definitely give it a five out of five. This was like, this was the episode that made me like just commit to Brotherhood week after week. I was just like, oh, so good. I was already deeply committed to Mustang at this point. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just one of the best all around. It's one of the best fights in the series, and I think. Like it provides like really, really vital character development for three really vital characters to the story moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just impeccable. This is unrelated, but let's we should all pour one out for Barry the Chopper. Oh mm -hmm. shit, you're sure. right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Goodbye, Barry. Barry went through a lot. Barry did go through a lot. He was a good boy. No, he wasn't. He was okay, you know what I mean. Like his hobby is chopping up women. Literally, uh, one of the last thing he says I is know. like, I have been thinking about cutting you up. I know, but I mean when he's like entertaining them by letting them watch him and stuff. He, you know yeah. what I mean? He's like he's like defiantly a good boy. It's funny. He's adorable. I think he's hilariously cute. Yeah. And he, he went through a lot. So if you don't want to get chopped up by Barry the Chopper, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's FM Analysts on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can, please leave us a comment. We love to read those. I want to take this moment to thank our guests, Jeff and Yazzie. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, thank you. Please plug your stuff here. I, I mean, I'm Mother's Basement on YouTube. Uh, I make analysis videos about anime, storytelling, and other stuff every uh, week or around then. What's your Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is at G-0-F-F-T-H-E-W. I really have to change that. It's G-A-F-T-H-U. It, it, it <laughs> reads better than it you really gotta translates. And I am at Best Girl Yazzy everywhere, I guess, except YouTube. I am Best Girl's Basement on YouTube. And I got bad anime opinions. That's it. That's me. We also have our own podcast, oh, yes. um, the Basement Life podcast. Yes. We just launched it recently. It, it has... is nowhere near as intelligent as this one. Um, <laughs> that's the that. appeal. That's yes. scary. That's a scary thought. I know. It is, it is truly it is, a 45-minute to an hour-long shitpost. Episode one was a Pokemon that make us uncomfortable. Yep. Um, but it's oh, got shit. cats in it. Is Licky Tongue the one that's kind of racist? That's it's like no, that's big red lips. Very racist. Jinx, Jinx is extremely Jinx. racist. Jinx was all, always like getting in my nerves. I was like, there's something about this one I don't like. Yep. <laughs> Before you go, we would like to premiere a new thing with you two, which is can you two give us your best Full Metal Alchemist, like in the interstitials? Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Thank I you so those. much. That's going to be I great. love those so that was great stuff. I love all of the images on those two. All of the sorry, you just reminded me of how like every the single episode there's two perfect wallpapers every single episode. Yes, and it's great because it reminds you of what show you're watching. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I also really like that they announced it like that. You're anyway. like, oh right, I love this show. <laughs> That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty, everyone. 
Bye.